This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 419, recorded on October 17th, 2019. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find them in your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios. Super beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. Of course, we post the show, and there'll be some show notes this week. So we post those to the AverageGuy.tv. And for this one, you'll want to do the AverageGuy.tv slash HGG419. You can also join us live on the mobile app. Tony was going to be out uh, on the road, and the best way to Join us on the road. It's through the mobile app. Go out to homegadgetgeeks.com, Android, iPhone. Either way, free. You can download them. Best way to uh, listen live and on the road. It streams through our Spreaker app. And we'd love to have you do that again. Free homegadgetgeeks.com. Join the conversation in our Discord group, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord, or in our Facebook group, theaverageguy.tv slash Facebook. Both seem to be moving along or humming along nicely. So if you want to join us there as well, you could do that. A quick shout out. Uh, to Justin, Justin Simmons sent me some. Um, uh, I know I, I was, I've been practicing this because I didn't want to get it wrong, but uh, Bundaberg, Bundaberg rum. He sent that to me from all the way from Australia. I guess it's really good Australian stuff. You might want to go to the show notes. So the averageguy.tv slash hgg four one nine. I'll have a link to a YouTube video that's got a really funny song about just how the Australians, I think, think about their rum. At least this kind of rum, anyways. It may not be the best to drink straight. You might want to cut it with something, but man, it seems like you can get messed up. So Justin, thanks for doing that. He also sent me a, a few cigars uh, and I always appreciate those. And uh, if you want to do that, let me know. I'm, I will always smoke the cigars you send you. Ed Sullivan has joined us tonight. Speaking of that, Ed, thank you for sending Mike and I a couple cigars. I got to enjoy the one last night. Mike hasn't yet, but thanks for sending those. I appreciate it. Welcome well, to Home Gadgets. Is, is there any chance you might smoke Mike's. Yes, there's a good <laughs> chance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a good, there is a very, very good chance that that's going to happen. But um, Ed, welcome to Home Thank Gadget you. Geeks. You are a podcast producer and you are also, you also do podcasts, you're on shows, you're on the Cigar Authority. And so yeah. that's really easy to find, by the way, just Google's the Cigar Authority everywhere and you can, you can do that. But how long have you been on that show? So I've been producing that for two years, just hit my two-year anniversary. They've been doing the show for almost 10. So we're coming up on the 500th episode. I think we're at 498. Weekly, it's a Saturday, right? Saturday live, is that right? Saturday live from 12 Eastern to 2. And yeah. they have never missed a week. It has never failed to go live at noon for about the last 10 years. That's amazing. Just with all the technical things that can go wrong, oh, yeah. with all the people things that can go wrong, with all the stuff that has to happen. We're at 419. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's I've missed, I probably missed four a year due to vacation or I've, I was sick when we had you scheduled two weeks ago. That almost never happens. I'm almost never sick, but... No, and, you know, with four people on the show, if somebody can't make it, the other people carry on. Yeah, yeah. I, very informative if you're a cigar guy or gal and uh, and you want to kind of get a variety of what's going on in the business, who's doing what, some reviews, they smoke them live. Great show. The Cigar Authority is what it is. 
And uh, Ed, how often do you think you're on that? Uh, on it in what regard? As, no, as far as uh, camera being on camera, I know you're. Oh, I'm never time. on camera. Oh, you're you're on every once in a while, aren't you? Or do uh, they just I, talk about you? They talk about well. Okay. I speak. I have a speaking part. Okay. Right? But the production board is off to the side. So, so you're always there. The disembodied voice, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I get to play all the sound effects and okay. mess with the other hosts. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a good show. Uh, it's, and it's fun. We have a yeah. lot of fun doing it. Uh, in, available in all podcast form. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can do all yeah. those things, right? All the places, as yeah. they say nowadays, you know, all Spotify, iHeart, yada, yada. Anything else when we think about what you do, any other passion projects or things that you well, do or on that you want to promote? Don't forget, I'm also on the Ash Holes. Mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is on Tuesdays now at 4 p.m. Eastern. That, that goes out live, too. Um, you know, I work at the podcast studio, so all... Of the shows, we have folks come in to do their shows. We actually stream everything live. And then post-show, I just, you know, pull the audio from that, do a little quick processing on it, and it's out the door. Yeah, it's kind of what we do here. Very, yeah. very, very similar. <laughs> get, it, get it done, a few edits, almost none, and uh, uh, get them out, right? Yeah, we've, I think in... Boy, in a year and a half, two years counting Cigar Authority, I've done about a thousand episodes out of there, and I think I did three edits. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's going out the way it came out of us. Yeah, four hundred nineteen episodes. I've maybe done three edits uh, on this, uh, where people have kind of said, "Hey, I made a mistake. Can you cut that part out?" And uh, sometimes that always hasn't been easy, but uh, we've got it done. Ed, how long you been smoking cigars? Let's call it about 30 years. Okay. So it's been yeah. a while. Yeah. And so you've actually seen, we were talking about this in the pre-show, you've actually seen, I thought, the golden age of cigars was kind of maybe the last five years, but you said no. No. There's, they've been pop, more popular than they are the right now. The cigar boom was, uh, you know, a lot of what precipitated the cigar boom was cigar aficionado kind of came on the scene. And then I think a more general audience started to become aware of it. And really, I think at that time, too, with all of the economy, dot-com stuff going on, I, I think it just really got some popularity, some sports figures, you know, start to be seen with cigars. So it got a little bit of a cool factor to it. And at that time... You know, it became so popular, they couldn't keep up with production, really. So, quality, and this is like 99, 2000, 2001, yeah, that kind yeah. of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it is a resurgence now. And yeah. it's interesting, if you look at it, the country of origin changes over time, right? If you go back to uh, pre-embargo, which was what 1962 ish, three ish, you know, it was all not all, but a lot of Cuban cigars. Yep. Yep. And then at one time, subsequent to that, there were uh, some from the Canary Islands, the Philippines, but then the Dominican Republic really emerged as the big one after that. But uh, Honduras and now Nicaragua in particular is. A hot area these days. Yeah. I th I think I've heard that Nicaragua, their number one export 
overall is tobacco to the United States. That's yeah. by far their number one. I would think that's uh, probably the case. Yeah. You know, I think they may have uh, reached the top of the food chain in number of exports. So, yeah. well, in popularity too. I mean, I, I think as I look at some of the cigar, I, you know, I get cigar magazines now and yeah. I look through those. A lot of tobacco coming out of Nicaragua and, and, country it stabilized the country in a lot of ways of course money does some amazing things not always the countries but when the money's good uh life is a little bit better and nicaragua has not always been the most stable country but in the years that the exports have been good it's not a, what's interesting on the tech side um cigar making hasn't changed right in 200 years right you no know, i i would say it's in that regard it's a lot like wine right has it changed not really. There have been refinements, right? They're, they're not necessarily uh, aging it in wooden casks anymore. And cigars are similar. They used to be all hand-carved wooden molds, right? But now they've gone to uh, plastic molds, right? And the factories have become much more sanitary, you know, you see stainless steel rolling tables. So it's definitely improved, but yeah. the actual process, it's a handmade product. Yeah, yeah still know. gathered by hand, still rolled by hand, still yep. binded by hand, still pressed into a into the, into the mold by hand. Yep. Oftentimes gravity is what holds the box. The box. They just right. stack them up and, <laughs> right? Yeah. Harvested by hand. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even and I and I think I've been watching some videos on it over the last couple months because I've gotten I don't do anything once I get into something I go yeah. all like you know I go all the way in. So the different cuttings and how they keep track of the different cuttings of the leaves kind of based where they're found on the plant, right? In in the you know the Connecticut versus the non as far as the wrappers and the colors of those, right? I mean, so but that's not doesn't take a lot of tech, right? That's still kind of old world, right? So. It is still kind of old world, but if you look even at uh, technology advancements in agriculture, there have certainly been some. The farming techniques have improved significantly, right? So in terms of things like soil analysis, uh, if you look at a company like Perdomo, I mean, he's made his own equipment for certain things, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. even with the seeds he's planting, they'll look at those under a microscope right to see wow. okay yeah. are there any imperfections in the seed right because once it's in the ground it's out of your hands for a while then they'll do a lot with soil analysis to make sure that the soil is consistent from crop to crop uh, irrigation has changed obviously so a, a lot of it is in farming technique yeah. uh, the other thing is you know back in the cigar boom Boy, you might find 20 to 30% of them didn't draw well. And they were making them fast. And now they've got uh, draw testing machines in most of the factories. So you do tend to get a more consistent product these days. Yeah, I was. it's interesting. I was watching a video, and it's just really just a tube. They put that yep. in. It. It's got a little meter on it, and it just tests the draw. And they're just running those through by hand, kind of. Yeah. You know, throwing them in. I do imagine with this current boom, and I, and I think it's going to continue to get more popular. Yeah. Again, boom means more money, more profits. Uh, you had mentioned these cigar companies are still a lot of them family owned. 
Sure. Right. And so still small families in these countries that are running it. Do you think are, are we in are we in a spot maybe where corporate is like they did with with beer? I mean, American beer, you know, this craft beer movement took over and then now we're having the bigger breweries starting to buy right all the craft beer. Right. Could something happen like that in with well, cigars? If you look at a company out of Honduras from the original boom, a company called Camacho, at some point, Davidoff, which is a much bigger company, came in and bought them out. So, you know, there is some consolidation happening. And some of the bigger companies like Altadis and some of them have, let's say, ties to more of the cigarette industry and yeah. they've sort of diversified into right. cigars. Uh, I think the positive note on that front is they're finding there's not enough money in it for them. It's a hard, this is, it's a hard thing to manufacture, right? Labor intensive yep. to put these together, right? This sure. Is not I mean, they're used to cranking out cigarettes, and, <laughs> you know, vape product. Well, yeah. this is all handmade. Right. Yeah. But I, but I think more passionate, consumers don't you think i mean one of the things you don't have somebody most people aren't smoking five or six cigars a day like they would cigarettes where you might be smoking people may smoke an entire pack in a day easily in some cases but it seems like the 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 people doing it they're more passionate they're more educated about it and they're maybe willing to spend a little bit more don't you think oh i think so and if you look at the manufacturers a lot of them have been doing it in their families for generations yeah. and you know the next generation will take over and you know the point about cigars is it's really not the same addictive quality as cigarettes you know what i say to people is did you ever see somebody run off an airplane to light a cigar <laughs> it really is not the same thing at all yeah. you know people tend to smoke fewer of them they don't inhale them and it's really an event, right? Yeah. I'm going to actually sit. I'm going to relax. I'm going to have a nice cigar. So it's very different from other tobacco products. Yeah. Kind of a celebration. I mean, there's often tied around celebrations or, or special events. Um, and, and you're right. Now, this week has been... Uh, an exception for me. My Marine son was home and I wanted to... I wanted that is to... A, a special event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think... The other thing about cigar smoking is it tends to be a very social event, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. I know, Jim, you've been going to some cigar lounges or mm -hmm. people talk to each other, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's mm -hmm. not, uh, it's a situation where I think it's more social. Yeah. And what I love about cigar lounges is sort of the great equalizer, right? You'll have... Um, the FedEx man sitting there with a blue collar guy with the CEO of a company and mm -hmm. everybody's just having a conversation, relaxing and enjoying their cigars. Yeah. And I, I've kind of noticed as I've been perusing YouTube through the videos, there is kind of a movement amongst at least the YouTubers that I'm watching of, hey, let's not get hung up in what's right and wrong. Let's get like, let's do what we enjoy. So if you enjoy doing it, do it that way. Do you, do you sense that as well? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I've said that for a long time. People get obsessive about it, right? Well, you're not cutting it right. And, you know, this humidity's not. Well, why don't you let everybody just enjoy their cigars? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. so there, there are certain things, you know, as a new cigar smoker, you kind of 
really need to figure out how to cut it properly. Yeah. You know, if you cut too much off, then the cigar can unravel on you if you cut past the cap of the cigar. If the cigar is overhumidified or not kept at the right temperature, then you enter a danger zone. You know, if you go too high on the humidity, the cigars will get mold on them. And at that point, throw them in the trash. I don't know about you, Jim, but I don't want to smoke mold. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, the one people are less aware of is the temperature danger, right? So somewhere around even 72 degrees and 72 plus percent humidity, tobacco beetles can hatch. Mm -hmm. And they're nice little boring creatures, not boring as in dull, (laughs) but... They'll bore right through the wrapper leaf, even right through cellophane. Mm. So if you're not careful, you can get an infestation in your whole humidor. Mm. And, you know, some people have hundreds or thousands of dollars worth Mm -hmm. of cigars. So Mm -hmm. temperature becomes important as well. So, you know, for most folks, you want to find the coolest spot in your house to put your humidor. Um, Yeah. If you're really in a high temperature area without air conditioning, you've got to make accommodations to control temperature. And fortunately, there's more products these days for that. Yeah. And we're going to talk about those here in just a second. I want to let's let's start with some basics, because I think sometimes when people think cigars, they think of big box uh, humidors or they think about like, you know, their dad, something their dad had or their grandfather had. And, and I've really kind of taken on to the new movement of kind of acrylic in a lot of ways. And you can see I've got a, uh, you know, hemostat there that's telling me temperature. And and I think, you know, ooh, this is 76. I got a little ooh. warm because it's sitting on my desk. And I think the, <laughs> the heat from my computers yeah. is uh, I'll move this back into a cooler zone when we're done here. But good to know, like, hey, 76, 69%. Um, I got this acrylic. I also bought, I went to Walmart and bought just a clear acrylic, um, you know, um, $6 uh, waterproof, airproof, yeah. right? So you can seal them in. Am I, I mean, is this okay, Ed? Can I get, can I get away with kind of starting my cigars this way? Absolutely. You know, people will call those a Tupperware, you know, yeah. <laughs> Tupperware humidor. Yeah. Uh, you know, the only thing to be aware of, and it's not a, pr- a problem for most folks, is it is airtight, whereas a wooden humidor really isn't, right? So cigars are still aging and fermenting, even, you know, once they're in the consumer's hands. So some folks will say you uh, you actually need to burp your tapador now and then. So, you know, just and it happens naturally if you're smoking anyway, you're going to open it to take a cigar yeah. out. But yeah. a little bit of air exchange is certainly helpful. That's good. That's good to know. Um, these just pop open like this and then you can hear the seal. And man. Oh, it smells so good. I got to put it back on. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, the thing for folks to be aware of, though, is then it becomes important to control the humidity, right? And have something that can actually absorb as well as add humidity to the air, because especially in an airtight, 
if you don't have the right product, you're going to overhumidify those cigars. Yeah. Yeah, and that is that right product. So I've I've noticed the Boveda. Um Boveda is a very popular product. And right there, there you and, have and I've got the 69, you know, 69 um percent humidity. And, and they is do that, a great job, right? They do. And and let me just so for those who don't know, the Boveda product, it's a packet. It's got some kind of substance inside. It looks like a paper bag, a small paper bag of sort. And it's got some gel or something in there that both adds and removes humidity based on the the spec that's on it, right? So if it's too humid, it'll pull it in. If it's not humid enough, it'll put it out. Pretty ingenious, especially if you're in a Tupperdor. Um, I know it it's keeping it consistent because I have, and you've got one of these too. You were showing I me do. earlier. Um, have we have right, a remote right here. Normally, it's in the humidor, but <laughs> yeah, remote. Temperature in in humidity sensor that sits in there. I think I paid maybe twenty twenty two bucks twenty five yeah, bucks for. They're relatively inexpensive. Mm -hmm. You know, the, this particular product isn't necessarily designed for humidors, but it works perfectly fine. You know, yeah. I think they they sell it more as put it in your greenhouse or something. You know, yeah, but works works out pretty well though. sits sits right in there. Actually, goes to my. I have a Android tablet that it, that I actually run the software on. It sits on. It's telling me too. It's at seventy seven degrees. I need to get these to cooler. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's a relatively rudimentary app, but it does what you need it to do. Yeah, I think no. you can set um, set alerts if it goes below a certain range or above a certain range. So, you know, I keep it in the. The humidor, but that's sort of my general house temperature alert, too. You yeah. Know, if it goes below about 50 degrees, I know I got big problems. Well, yeah, no, for sure. And we're in this weird spot now in the fall where it's not cold enough for the heat to kick on. Yeah. But it's the house is um, insulated well enough that it stays pretty warm. It won't, the air conditioner won't come on. And so we get kind of a, a little bit, a few degrees warmer, even in the winter. Yeah. Um, we get a few degrees warmer in here. So I need to, this is probably the time of year. This is the first fall that I've had a humidor working. And it's probably one of those things because of those beetles probably right. need to be careful. How long would it need to be at, let's say close to 80 degrees for those things to emerge? Is there uh, a time? You know, it might be within a week or so, but, okay. and it's not a guarantee, right? Some yeah. of the manufacturers now, uh, deep freeze their cigars and then you will not have a problem with beetles if you do that. The obsessive consumers sometimes will also freeze everything that comes into their uh, house. Okay. But I don't know. That doesn't hurt. That doesn't hurt the cigar. Doesn't doesn't. No. If you okay. do a search, there's a whole process, right? So you got to get it in an airtight bag, refrigerate for a little while first to let them start to adapt to it. And then into the freezer for, I think it's 72 hours, you know, but a quick online search will yield okay. that. But I, I've never bothered. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I haven't, in the year or two I've been doing this, I've never had. I know it's a legend thing. A lot of guys and, and ladies talk about, you know, you don't want to get those. Well, you don't. You I know, mean, yeah. it's really bad if it happens. Yeah. but Not uh, the end of the world. Listen, Unless been, you've thousands of dollars worth of cigars, right. right? I've been smoking yeah. cigars for 30 years, never froze a single one, never had a single beetle. So. Okay. 
Okay. But so it's, it's the, one of the things that freaks people out. And yeah. so I think good to know if I was in a space and where say I'm in a really, really dry Arizona and it just doesn't get the house doesn't necessarily cool down to that, to that optimum temperature. It's not, I don't want to throw them in the fridge, right? This isn't no. one of those kinds of things, right? Cause the humidity will drop pretty severely oh, at that point. Yeah. Right? It's very dry in the fridge. So you definitely yeah. never want them in there. Uh, could I, yeah. could, what about a wine? If I had a wine fridge, which wow. isn't quite as cold, can, can that something like that work? So, you know, as it turns out, some companies are actually marketing their wine fridges. If you, uh, and we can screen share here. If you want to, if you want to show something, we can do that. You don't have to, but eh, I'll describe it beautifully. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there's a company called new air that really started out making wine coolers um you know these are thermoelectric right so they don't have a compressor which is part of what you know with frost-free refrigerators mm -hmm. and all of that that's part of what draws the humidity out of the the space so these will not draw the humidity out and you can set the temperature where you want it right so you could set it at uh, you know 68 degrees now you still have to deal with, okay, how am I going to humidify this? And there's, you know, lots of solutions for that. Some people, you know, for something of that size, you know, wine fridge size. What about, I bought some of these gel pack. Ooh, they need to be, I need to add some water to them. But these mist, dry mistestat, I think is the way it's pronounced. Yeah. You, you like these at all that, that you can, you can they, throw in? They work well. You yeah. know, if you're dealing with a big space, they actually sell separately humidification beads, which are basically what's inside of there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of folks will just take a, a pound of those and throw them in a Tupperware container and add some distilled water to it. Yeah, and I think that's important that you use distilled <laughs> in these, right? You don't want to add any any additional but I've thrown them in, so the acrylic round gets them. And then I've got Boveda packs also yeah, and, in here. You know, they're great for it just because they're shaped like a cigar, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's not taking up any extra space. Um, yeah, it just sits sits nicely with the cigars. Yep. And this one's a little empty. I've been smoking a few of them. So this one, I usually keep this very, very full. Yeah, which is another point, right? It, it works better if you have it, you know, two thirds full, right? So the cigars themselves, then once they reach the proper humidity level are basically serving as other humidification units, right? So yeah. same thing as a refrigerator, right? If you have a, a case of cold cans in there and you put one in, a new one, it's gonna get colder than putting it into an empty fridge. It'll get colder faster, so. Yeah. Then, so um, a good a good reason to keep them. I, so I, I'm half. So I, it's time to make a half is okay. But time yeah, to make an order. No, don't tell me. You're <laughs> worth it, Jim. <laughs> I need to make an order. Um, and it, Ed, is there a difference when we think about buying them? Is there a difference between buying online and buying locally from I, price wise for sure? But is there a difference? You know, a uh, <clears throat> couple points on that. Yeah. You know, somebody will say, well. I paid this much for a cigar and somebody else will say, you know, you got ripped off. Well, not necessarily. It depends on where you bought it, right? Because every state has their own 
tobacco tax. And in fact, most of them are specific to cigars, right? So I work in New Hampshire, zero tobacco, uh, zero cigar tax, zero sales tax, right? And then if you drive a mile down the road, Massachusetts has a 40% tax on cigars, plus, uh, I don't know where we're at, like six and a quarter on the sales tax on top of the 40, you know, so it's a compounding tax. Yeah. Now, on the internet, it's become somewhat interesting, right? Because most big operations now are going to charge you whatever the sales tax is of your local municipality. But there are a couple of states who have legislation pending. I think one will go into effect where they're also going to require the internet shippers to collect the cigar tax. So before long, at some point, the bargains may end on the internet. Mm, so maybe a good, uh, maybe a good time to to stock, uh, to stock up, up <laughs> yeah. on that. I I've been um, for whatever reason I've been a Thompson cigar purchaser. That's just where I've chose. Yeah. I think them and cigars.com or something are, are very similar or the same companies. Is there, and they've been very fair. Um, I get a pretty good, I'm a Drew Estates fan and I like those. Yeah. They're infused and flavored and some of those other things. It's, it's what I enjoy. They're, you know, I can get them from two to $4 a stick, which, you know, I buy when you buy them and you, if you buy them in bulk, you get free shipping and all those other kinds of yeah. things. Is that okay? Is there better places to do it? Or if I was going to yeah. do it online? Yeah, what I would recommend to everyone is a start. Now, this doesn't work for everyone. You may not have a local cigar retailer, right? But to get you educated and try some things, right? You could go buy one single cigar. Well, mm -hmm. that's not very cost effective on the internet, although a lot of them offer sampler packs. Yeah. You know, and really that's the best way to start, right? Try try a few different things because they're all different in terms of flavor and strength. But if you can find a good local tobacco retailer, and I understand if you're in a high-tax state, well, that may not be financially feasible to keep buying from them. But, mm -hmm. you know, as far as uh, online goes, you know, there's a whole bunch of... Uh, good companies out there uh you know big ones uh, cigars international is big but yep. yeah i think they own thompson's now <laughs> and maybe that's what i was thinking cigar international yeah yeah i mean a lot there's a lot of consolidation in that space sure and and the price has been at least for me and because i love sharing them one of the things i've done is you know i buy a bunch and then over time, share them with friends. And it's given yeah. me a great opportunity to try different flavors, different things. I've also noticed what you're drinking with them can make a big difference as well, right? Huge difference. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's a lot of good pairings. The, the rum works well. If you think about it, uh, that's probably <laughs> the, uh, the predominant... Um, alcohol product in the countries where they manufacture cigars. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it certainly is a pairing that happens quite a bit for me. I'm also a cigar taste tester for Cigar Journal magazine. And yeah, when you're doing that, you get water. 
<laughs> that's about it. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you really have to focus on the, on flavor, the flavor of the cigar. Yeah, right. which kind of bummed me out. I've kind of enjoyed the pairing. Yep. Um, we actually had a really, uh, we kind of had a dry red the other night we were drinking. And, and um, I, it, so I, I kind of looked for a cigar that I thought wouldn't be too sweet, but necessarily wouldn't have a lot of bite to it either. I've had, I've got some that have, they're kind of just nasty and you kind of want some, you kind of want something rough with them. Right. And it's, yep. so for me, and I think back to our beginning, I think for everybody, this is different of kind of finding that sweet spot of like, what do you pair with what? Because I, I do think they just go really, really w well together. Yeah. And, you know, especially um, for something like a wine, you can't get a cigar that's going to completely overpower it. Right. No. So, you know, you may go to something lighter to pair with a wine and you could go with something much more full bodied if you're going to drink a bourbon or a cognac or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, well, and some of the sweet cigars, I've even had a Riesling with. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's been delightful. <laughs> and so it, it's one of those, um, I've, I've spent some time now thinking through the pairings, like, oh, this would really go with this. Or for, for you know, I'm a big uh, Java fan. And so Java Latte, which is a pretty light cigar for oh, folks that are trying of course to, you could have that with coffee right yeah no <laughs> and we were the other day we were at uh, havana havana garage our local establishment yep. here in omaha and um the gal uh sarah came with me she wasn't smoking cigars but she came uh, just to enjoy the time and uh, she was like hey do you guys have an irish coffee and and typically mm -hmm. we make those which is bailey uh, Bailey's and the gal said, do you want Jameson in there as well? And we're like, Ooh. you can do that. <laughs> and so, um, I, I have not been doing coffee a lot, but that seems to me that I think that's what I'm going to, I'm going to try the next couple is Irish coffee with one of those cigars that has a light, you know, that might be a, a lighter. So, so I've used the internet to kind of inexpensively yep. try try some things out. So that's okay. I mean, so for most people, if they wanted to try something, go into a local store if you can, but you can sure. get on the internet and buy a package. I, I see at Thompson's, I see sample packs for $30 that give right. you five or six or seven cigars to try. Yeah. Right, and, and then you get a good variety, you know, uh, and once you've zeroed in, I mean, part of the reason I do like local cigar shops is they get to know you. And they get to know what you like, right? So something new comes in that's, you know, in your flavor profile, they'll say, hey, this might be one you want to check out. And, you know, internet is just sort of, I don't know, I'll try that and see. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. but again, once you find something you really like, then you can buy in quantity. You know, most, uh, most places offer a box discount. So it's cheaper by the box than it will be for single cigars. But now we're starting to get into more storage space. <laughs> yeah, more humidification, more, right. you know, more division. Hey, in, speaking of that, in my humidors, I don't have any cedar anywhere in these. Am I doing it wrong? Because I've always been told you got to have some Spanish cedar or it's not a real humidor. Is that true? 
uh, I don't know if it's true. <laughs> it certainly doesn't hurt anything, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you age something a long time in contact with Spanish cedar, which, by the way, is not cedar at all. It's uh, in the mahogany family. Don't put aromatic cedar near your cigars. But if you age, um, the one I sent you, for example, is aged in uh -huh, the Byron. Ed, I cannot thank you enough for this cigar. Like, okay, let's just, is it okay if I disclose the price on this? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So we looked them up and I'm kind of used to smoking online cigars that are four or $5. Like I, a big cigar for me is 10. This was 30 and you were very, very generous to well, send us to. And so I, I, I was, I was worried about your further education. So I thought I'd take you all the way to the PhD level. You, you, okay. So you told me that, and I'm not sure I necessarily believed you the whole way, right? but then we, we, um, I took this out last night cause I couldn't have you on the show and not have at least, <laughs> right. So V cut it. Cause that's the, the yep. for, for me, that's what I like. Most of the scars V cut. If it's a boxed, if it's boxed, right. if it's square and boxed, I'll punch it. And I've kind of gotten away from full cuts. Just, yeah. just, just my preference. It's what I like. But uh, uh, started on this a little peppery to begin with. Which I think most cigars are right, right out yeah. of the shoot. And then it settled into the most mild, smooth, delightful, delicious. And you do catch a lot of cedar on that, you know, in the background. Yeah, it it was. Uh, so I said to Sarah. You gotta try this. Like, so she she uh, she tried it. She's like, "Oh my gosh, that is legit!" And so there is a big difference. Like, um, you know, this is a celebration cigar, hearty, uh, good size, not Churchill size, but nope. but but a good you know good length, good yeah, girth. I think that's thing. that's probably a fifty two or fifty four ring 54. gauge. Yep, and fifty four ring gauge for. Whatever odd reason is uh, the number of sixty fourths of an inch. <laughs> so a sixty four ring gauge would be one inch across. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's well, it's delightful. So again, thank you for I'm doing. Glad this. you enjoyed it. This was the Reserva uh, Five Anos. Am I pronouncing that right? Five uh, Cinco Anos. Cinco. Oh, Cinco Anos. There <laughs> Come on. Sorry, sorry. Uh, my Spanish. Is although that one. Uh, <laughs> That one, well, you've listened to the Cigar Authority in the way uh, some of the folks butcher yes. <laughs> the English language, never mind the Spanish language. But oh. um, yeah, that one is interesting in that it is manufactured in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a few small factories in Costa Rica. And, you know, in the old days of cigars, you could say, okay, I'm going to smoke a Nicaraguan cigar. Sure, because they grew all the tobacco in Nicaragua, and then they manufactured it there. Now there's a lot more blending going on. So you may have, you know, four or five countries worth of cigar, of uh, tobacco of origin from four or five different countries that they'll blend. Mm -hmm. So things have become more interesting and more complex in some of the tastes. I have also, and let's talk about lighter tech for just a second. So we <laughs> talked a little bit about cutters. Hey, does it matter before we move off the cut, right? So I said V-cut. Yep. You can straight cut it. You can yep. punch it, right? Those are kind of the three most common ways of doing it. Um, 
any, you have a preference on what you do and do cutters matter? I have a cheap little $6 V cutter that does the job. Do I need a $30 V cutter? So as with anything else in this world, I mean, you get what you pay for, right? The cheap cutters are as sharp as can be for not a long time. <laughs> right. So as, as soon as, you know, you start to feel any resistance because over time, as they get duller, they'll tear the wrapper a little bit. Yeah. Um, v cutters, uh, Calibri, is it the Calibri? Yeah. They make the best V cut. And I, I say that because stay sharp virtually forever. Okay. And it's a very deep V cut. Yeah. You know, a lot of the times the cheap ones are just kind of skimming the surface. It gets pretty small. I mean, it's a small yeah. cut across the top when I do it. Would I get, I would just get more of a draw the deeper it is? Yeah, a little bit more. But, you know, the reality is, I don't know, it's whatever people like. Okay. I'm not a big fan of the punch cut just because it's a very small opening mm -hmm. and if it's a big cigar over time you'll get a little build up you know of yeah. uh, tars and particulates in that small opening but if you're enjoying it who cares yeah well we we punch cut the smaller so the java yeah. brand that i was talking about those are a really those are a lot smaller, a lot shorter. Yeah. That seems to work well for those. The lighter I have has a punch cut, uh, punch cutter on the lighter itself. Yep. They're uh, usually fairly small. Yeah, diameter. This, this one yeah. not very, not very big at all. But we, it's in a pinch, kind of comes in. I've seen some people chew off the, you know, <laughs> chew off. And, the yeah, the old timers still bite the end off. Oh. Well, cigars were made a little bit different too for the old timers, where the torpedo, the torpedo ends were a little more common, and so you would bite that tip off, right? Yep, and uh, yeah, they used to make a lot more perfecto shapes, so shaped cigars rather than the, what they call parejos, which are you know straight sided. So yeah, but you know the the important thing is cut it. You know, you can't yeah. smoke it till you cut it unless you got a cheap machine made. And you don't say that too loud because Justin is trying to get me to smoke this thing right now oh. <laughs> in the chat room. So uh, I have to be I have to be careful there. So it can from a from a cutter standpoint, yeah. I've noticed cutters, the cheap ones are a few dollars to the more expensive, which well, medium would be in the thirty dollar range where the more expensive yeah. ones maybe sixty, sixty five dollars. At some point you know, they go crazy and they become more decorative collectibles, <laughs> which then uh, people, you yeah. know, put them on yeah. a shelf and don't really use them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I left one, I left mine outside. Didn't know it. The other night we were, I was looking for the, we were going to go out and smoke and we were I was looking for the cutter. I'm like, well, I must've left it in a pair of pants or something. Yeah. It'll come up. It'll show up. So we get out there and we start and, and then one of my, one of my kids goes, Oh dad, there's your cutter. And I had left it on the rail of the uh, of the fence, it's dark up there, and I di I didn't see it. Well, okay, I left that cutter out overnight. Not such a big deal. Uh, there is that, you know, if you invest money, yeah, you are likely to leave it somewhere. <laughs> so, you <laughs> yeah. know, if you're the kind of person who loses things, yeah, just keep buying six dollar disposable cutters. Well, and I've also learned, like as I go to Havana, I kind of take cutters and lighters with me. Yeah, sometimes. They, they, Havana's crazy about this. Sometimes they, 
they're, they're out of lighters or they're all around. It's like, nah, I'm just going to take my own with me. Um, I, I went on to Amazon and picked up some inexpensive lighters and I, and yeah. I, I, I've seen some guys go crazy over these things. This is really just a one flame uh, jet. So it's a jet flame butane on the bottom or not. It's butane, right? Butane yeah. on the bottom, easy to fill. Gets me, oh, I don't know, three or four evenings with people, multiple people using them, which is pretty good. Um, some guys like the flame. Some like both. The soft flame. Yeah. Well, yeah. Soft flame. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have an opinion or is there, as we think about lighters, do I do I need to get one? Because I've seen them where you, they, they turn on the jet and then you can flip them over to a soft yeah. flame for the, for the actual draw. Any opinion on that? I think for cigars, I mean, really, the the jet flame lighters were designed for cigars, okay. right? I mean, people obviously use soft flames before there were jet flames, but, you know, with a, a good jet lighter, you can hold it somewhat away from the end of the cigar and toast it a little bit before you go to light it. And the important thing is... Just make sure that it's evenly lit to start, right? You don't want to start off on the wrong foot and then not have a good burn on that cigar. But it's interesting, you know, I look at it a lot like the razor blades, right? Originally, there was one jet, then there were two, yeah. then three, and then four, you know? Yeah. And I think the the most popular ones now are the the three jet lighters. Yeah, and I think that's that's what this is. Yep. I got them on. I got it as a deal on Amazon, twenty bucks. They were twenty for two, but they sent me four by mistake. So I've been given. Uh, I gave one away to one of my kids. Yep. I said, "Keep this in the." It's where we play poker. Keep this in the garage, so we always have one that's there. I've got another one just in case. Good. So now, now the important thing on the refill is to make sure you bleed the lighter. Okay. So, and that just means run it all the way out. And you don't necessarily have to because what you can do is, oh, you know, you mean. Yeah, yeah, turn it upside down mm -hmm. and let the propellant out of there, right? Because over time, you won't be able to refill, refill it completely, right? Because you've still got all the propellant in there. Mm -hmm. And so, after a while, people will say, okay, my lighter doesn't work anymore. And they bring them into the store. Turning it upside down and turning it on. And, and No, turn it upside down. And yeah. they actually make a bleed tool, right? So what you're trying to do is uh, on the little nipple underneath. And you could use a, the tip of a pen or uh, I've used a toothpick. Okay. Right? Just to press that. Mm. And when it's upside down, it's really going to be the propellant that's coming out of it. And you'll know if there's actual butane coming out because okay. you can feel how cold it is coming yeah. out of there yeah. and then that'll let you get a full refill on okay. it yeah these have been good and easy to refill clear on the side so you can kind of see the fluid in there and if i hold it up to light it's really easy to see and so i can kind of see where i'm at with that um in getting that done yeah, um, let, let, me, uh, let me grab my daily stuff off the desk yeah yeah, yeah. no right on Joe in the chat room while you're doing that. Joe in the chat room says Zippos are just so cool. And, of course, when I was in the military, the guys that did smoke um, always had Zippo lighters. Uh, that sound, that kind of patented sound as you flip that open, of course, that's a soft foam. Um, you get out of a Zippo or at least an old school, an old school Zippo. 
Yeah, and I have more expensive stuff than this. I just don't use it anymore, you know. Uh, for a cutter, I use a straight cut. This particular one is made by Lotus, and it's actually called the Lotus Jaws Cutter. There's a little bit of a serration on each of the blades, I think. Those retail for about 30 bucks. And this is very similar to what you're using, Jim. It's really... Yeah, I think those have become the most popular, don't you think? As oh, yeah. As far as, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think at the, the store where the studio is, they're about 10 bucks. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and this is the Calibri V-Cutter. So... It's hard to see here, but if you can see the blade and where you put the cigar in, you're going to get a much deeper cut with that V than you will on the cheaper plastic cutters. And again, that's kind of personal preference, right? It is. Yeah. It is. You know, if you're getting a good draw on the cigar, that's what's important. Yeah. And I think it just takes practice. You got to kind of, you got to kind of figure out what you do. You had mentioned this uh, early at the top of the show. I think one of the things I've enjoyed most about it is the social aspect of it. Like, I don't want to go on my deck and do it alone. Like, I'm not no. interested in. It's not a. It's not a single player sport, right? I mean, it. It. I want to be out there with somebody. Yeah, uh, people. People and, relax, and they tend to, uh, especially us uh, men folk who don't talk to each other. <laughs> tend to relax and uh, you know i find i have better conversations with people yeah. when we're sitting and smoking a cigar yeah yeah uh, yeah so uh let's hit a couple things on humidity Jim. yeah 70 70 do i is that a is that do i have to have 70 70 no. 70 degrees 70 percent humidity and so, i'm sure gunning for that for a long so, time when i first well started. and you see all kinds of stuff the ideal 70-70. That was kind of, I don't quite want to go with propaganda, but that was put out in marketing literature. I think there was a product originally called 70-70. And as luck would have it, if you mix propylene glycol 50-50 with distilled water, it has the property of maintaining 70% relative humidity at 70 degrees. Okay. So 70-70 is safe, right? You're not going to get mold, and you're not going to get any tobacco beetles. Does that mean it's the right humidity for that cigar? I think not. <laughs> you know, um, I've got active humidification and mine's dialed in i was going to check it but i have all of them out right now <laughs> yeah. you know right l last time i checked i was running at about 64 percent. a little lower a little lower. yeah and really what that'll do is i find they burn a little bit better okay you know a little bit drier some folks will Keep them at 70% and then even dry box them for a day or two. Take them out of the humidor. Yeah. 
And I, I kind of keep mine that 68, 69. And then. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. It works. I, then I'll throw them in a bag. So I have a little Ziploc bag that when I'm, when I go to Havana lets us bring our own. So you just yeah. buy the drinks and they let you smoke your own. Yeah. And, and or you, can you buy know, it. in a Ziploc bag, they're actually going to keep fine yeah. for a week, maybe oh, more. Okay. You know, so, I mean, without even yeah. throwing a Bovida yeah. in there. Right. So, yeah. You know, because especially if you're keeping them at 70. Okay, you lose 5% humidity in a week. Guess what? It might smoke better. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, it might. So this one's sitting out. It's kind of bothering me that it's sitting out right now because I want uh, It's not uh, harming it. No, I know. I know. I know it's not. But it's what I've, I, and I, I don't, when I do things, I go crazy. Like oh, I, yeah. I, am, I am not, I am not normal about these things. And yeah, so well. And, back in the, in the humidor. Yeah, in fact, uh, in the studio, I probably have, some stashed away with no humidification. (laughs) I might smoke them two weeks after. I mean, no harm, no foul. Is it optimal? No. Do I enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. Is there any tricks? You said you had a bunch of different humidify or or ways of measuring. um, Or are those different measuring devices you have to measure your humidity that you have out there? Yeah. I mean, I've got the one you have, which is Bluetooth. And that's uh, made by a company called Govi. Yep. Probably a Chinese company. I didn't really research it. Then they also make one that's Wi-Fi. And for whatever reason, the uh, part that measures the humidity tends to be a whole lot bigger. Mm. Maybe because they actually want to put... triple a batteries in here and make it more replaceable but when you buy that it it uh, comes with a unit you just plug right into an outlet that actually handles the wi-fi and then i'm not 100 percent sure whether it communicates bluetooth back to this device or it's uh, some other proprietary communication but or zigbee one of those yeah yeah yeah. so uh, it works well you know same app Right, it's just uh, it's just the Wi-Fi unit, mm-hmm. and so I can, when I'm at work, make sure my cigars are safe. Although, you know, if you stop to think about it, does that matter at all? Not really. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's kind of fun though. Right, let's, know, let's every once in a while, like, hey, what temperature are they? At? Oh, they're okay. It is fun, but you know how it is with that stuff. You you just sort of get obsessed about it, and then yeah. one day you realize. Yeah, I don't think it matters. Yeah, no. You know, it, it's the, let's call it the same trajectory as the Fitbit for most people. You become absolutely obsessed, you know? Yeah, yeah, for a while, for a time. Yeah, and, and then you kind of get longer. <laughs> yeah, you, you reach a state of equilibrium at some point. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, so for this, you know, I think, uh, Make sure that uh, when you're connecting it, I put it on my lockdown guest Wi-Fi network because you are giving it the password yeah. <laughs> to a Chinese company. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. you know, you, you are kind of opening up your network a little bit. Do you uh, uh, do you deploy any other tech to kind of help you enjoy this this uh, this habit? No. You know, it, it really, like you say, it's not a, a big uh, 
technology thing, right? Yeah. This this is kind of traditional old school stuff. Sort yeah. of, right? I mean, when we talked about the the farming industry for tobacco, yeah, it, it's changing. It that's changing, but I think also the way we store them is changing in some ways too, and the devices we use and the different, you know, just the different kind of humidifiers or the different well, kind of humidors. Yeah, are, if we want to go back to the antique uh, humidors, those were mostly wood, but actually a lot of clay and ceramic jars as well. And, you know, so what's old is new again, just uh, an okay. acrylic jar now. These come in a, you can buy them in a ceramic jar, right? They're beautiful jars. You know, they're, they're starting to move away from that. Guess what? They weigh a lot and they don't ship well. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're beautiful, but they, uh, for those now, they come in a very nice box that has a built-in humidification unit. So even when you're done with the cigars, you essentially have a, a humidor that you can use. That's an $800 box, though. Yeah, it's not, not cheap. <laughs> Although we did have one guy, uh, when the guy who uh, manufactures the cigars, a guy named Nelson Alfonso, he was in the store for an event. And one guy bought eight boxes that day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> When you, have, when you have that kind of money and uh, you don't really care that you might as well smoke what you like, right? No, right on. I, I, I listen. I went twenty five in a box. Uh, uh, yeah, those are twenty fives. So you know, two two hundred. Um, not, not okay. That's yeah. that'd be fun, fun to have friends over and say, "Here, everybody have one." This you might know. be one of the best cigars you've ever you're ever going to smoke, right? Yeah. How would you say you've smoked Cubans? So oh, many. How how do you think this compares? You know, there's this myth around Cubans, right? Everybody's like, oh, it's a Cuban. Is it real now? Or have has Nicaragua and Costa Rica and everybody else caught up? Uh, everybody else has surpassed them. Okay. You know, I was uh I was in Cuba two thousand ish, right right around almost twenty years ago and I've heard from people who've been recently. It hasn't really changed. They right. haven't really upgraded anything, you know. Yeah. And yeah. then um, they had a real problem with their wrapper leaf at one point, uh, a problem with blue mold. Mm. So they actually started experimenting with hybrids. And this is uh, Corojo, is the variety of wrapper. And it's never been as good again. Mm. You know, I would say in the late 90s, early 2000s, I don't know, conservatively, I smoked thousands of Cuban cigars, and they're very different today. The other thing is they are still made with single origin tobacco. It's all Cuban. So you get more interesting things happening when, you know, let me take a wrapper from Ecuador, <laughs> a binder from the United States and filler from Nicaragua. You know, yeah. it's yeah, it's a whole different world of blending. Yeah. Well, it's become the craft beer, I think, of cigars. Right? Absolutely. And yeah. uh, there's a company called Roma Craft, and that's their big thing, that they are a craft company. Yeah. Well, and there's craft or boutique cigar companies now, too. There are. There, there are. There's a whole boutique thing that goes on. And, yeah. you know, it's really cigars have a, a strong parallel to wine, right? Because 
is people say, well, is French wine the best? Well, it's good. Is it the best? That's kind of up to you to decide, right? <laughs> California makes some pretty good stuff nowadays. And much like what happened with, um, you know, people taking cuttings really from France, right? Same, same thing, same variety. And you plant it in California, guess what? You don't get the same wine. And so almost all of the seed is Cuban seed. It was smuggled out of Cuba and then grown in places like Nicaragua. But now you're dealing with uh, soil differences and climate differences. And Nicaragua is interesting in the they have a lot of different soil types. They've got some very volcanic soil and then they have microclimates. So you could grow the same thing in different places in Nicaragua and get a different result. And, you know, Connecticut was a, a big cigar tobacco production site. Um, a lot of that has gone the way of development, shopping malls and the like. And it's difficult, too, because you can't compete on labor cost <laughs> with uh, Nicaragua and those cheaper companies yeah. for a long time. You know, Connecticut had two big things, Connecticut Broadleaf used for wrapper and Connecticut shade, right? That's the light one. Then, oh, a while back they kind of figured out, and the shade is interesting if you've ever seen it grown. They they basically put cheesecloth tents over it, you know, to shade the tobacco. Then I think a genius figured out, eh, it's kind of cloudy in Ecuador. <laughs> and so really they are growing, you know, they took the seeds and they're growing Connecticut shade in Ecuador. Almost all of the Connecticut shade cigars today are made with Ecuadorian wrapper. So, Well, in the, in the U.S., I mean, there, uh, Justin was mentioning Australia where he lives. They've gotten pretty aggressive about really putting the clamps down on cigars. Australia is one of the toughest places on the planet now to be a cigar smoker. Yeah. And in, there's some in the U.S., it's easier. But we we are we have gone through and we continue to go through a pretty a pretty strong anti tobacco lot and, here. In you the know, yeah. I mean, the cigar industry has taken a big hit in recent years because of vape, <laughs> right? Sure. So, sure. so everyone wants to regulate vape. Well, yeah. unfortunately, and this is a fairly recent thing within the last five years, the FDA decided they need to regulate cigars in the same way that they regulate cigarettes. So what that means on the, the cigarette side is you can't put new product out without going through FDA testing, which costs many hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, guess what? We're not, if you're in the cigar business, you're making small quantities of, you know, a handmade product. You're not you know, manufacturing, you're hand making these things. So you really, it may become impossible, depending on which way the FDA goes to introduce new cigar products. Yeah. And that's kind of a shame. Well, it's always a lobby and it's always, it's one of those things we're going to fight. If you're in Australia, uh, we feel for you, but there's always, I mean, it's, it's, it, it is one of those things and it's yeah. always been, it's just a part of, 
getting around things. I think a lot of Americans wish they could get more Cubans, of course. Yeah. Harder. And well, because you can't get them. It's the forbidden fruit. It, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think in Australia, they've gone to generic packaging. Okay. <laughs> and that's also a shame because if you've seen some of the, uh, the boxes, I mean, there's cigar art, uh, really beautiful packaging. I mean, if you look at the band on that Byron, and there's a lot going on. I mean, somebody spent a lot of time in design on that. You know, they've, they've got uh, raised gold. You know, so a lot of the designs are very elaborate. And, you know, that's part of the tradition. Yeah, it's a beautiful product. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful product and a beautiful experience. I do. Um, it is one of those things. Okay. So let me, let me say this here at the end of the program, as we think about this, I am in no way I've had some folks say to me, Jim, why are you encouraging? You know, I was a runner for a lot of years. And in fact, for the last 10 years, yeah, five marathons, a big lot cyclist, of you know, long distance cycling. Yeah, and, and guess what? It interfered not one bit with it. Yeah. Well, I've had some folks, you say that, but I've had some folks who say, Jim, are you promoting a, a really bad <laughs> habit or a really yeah. bad? And I, I don't want to, Ed, we don't need to argue about it or we don't need to talk about it too much. I, I want to tell the listener, if you're, if you're thinking that, you're like, ah, I can't believe I sat through this. I can, here's an hour of my life I'm never going to get back. <laughs> um, and am I going to turn Home Gadget Geeks into a cigar podcast? No, no. no. That's what we have the cigar authority for. Like, go, go listen Go over and listen to Cigar Authority. But um, I, I'm not going to, if you don't want to do it, don't. If you want to, do. And it is it's it is one of those kinds of things. There's a lot worse. But it is one of those kinds of things that I have uh, I am looking forward to uh, for the next however long I'm left, enjoying it as a thing we do with with friends and, and folks who enjoy that as well. Yeah. I have certainly enjoyed it. And so you make your, if you're listening, you make your own decision. There's no not trying to pimp anything or push anything or say you got to do this or you got to get into this. If you're not comfortable with it, don't do it. I didn't do it until I was 50. Like when I was in the late forties, but, um, and it's probably for me, I'm so crazy about these things. It's probably a good idea. I waited for me till I was, uh, the fact that I've smoked four this week, you know, you're kind of like, okay, that's probably a little for me. That's a little more than I, I kind of wanted to do maybe one, uh, a one every other week. Yeah, no, um, I think you make you know. a good point. I don't enjoy fishing, so I don't. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and yeah. really, I I think I've found, especially with cigar smokers, they tend to be considerate, right? I mean, they're not out to interfere with anybody else's enjoyment of life or fresh air. They tend to go to specific places, smoke their cigars, and not interfere with everybody else's right to pursue whatever they wish. Yeah. Yeah. And let's just keep it that way. Like that's one Absolutely. of those, <laughs> that's one of those kinds of things here in the community. Um, one of the things I've always appreciated and, and Ed, you've been, a, you've been listening, you've been in our community a while. I was kind of surprised when you Listen, first reached out to me, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy the show. You know, and, as, as yeah. I said to you, I was in tech for 34 years before I decided, okay, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> Although you know, I don't know where where's Weger this week. Oh yeah, I didn't. Even, I just blew him off. Yeah, he well, had I'm more interesting. But you are, to be yeah. honest. And <laughs> uh, Mike had uh, family obligations. He yeah. pinged me on Wednesday, and he was like, "Hey, 
do you think you could just talk to Ed? And I'm like, yeah, I think we can. I think Ed and I can manage. probably do a show. But, and yeah, so I he mean, took the night off. On last week's show, he, he almost had me hooked on that iPhone 11. You know, he was talking <laughs> it up. But yeah, I've been an Android guy since forever, you know. Yeah. And I've been thinking, okay, maybe I should move over to an iPhone. The, the big impediments for me are uh, I'm deeply embedded in Google Voice. You know, yeah. just because I, I worked for mobile companies for years, right? So I would have to test multiple carriers. And it's so much easier for me to, you know, okay, I'm just going to grab an AT&T SIM and plug it in here and my phone number doesn't change. Yeah. All right, yeah. I got to go to Verizon now. Yeah. And even recently, I thought, uh, I don't know if you've uh, looked at Visible. Mm -mm. Uh, it's Verizon's pay-as-you-go plan. 40 okay. bucks a month, all in. And I thought, huh, all right, I, I got a coupon code. I'll spend 20 bucks. I'll get a SIM. And if I if it works for me, yeah. Yeah. hard to beat. Yeah, yeah they, they throttle it at about five megabits per second. Oh, uh, okay. Which yeah. for some people, listen, if you're going from work to home and, you know, you're on Wi-Fi, that could be a perfectly workable solution for you, but... For me, it just wasn't going to cut it. Then yesterday, I think it was yesterday, B&H uh, Photo sends out an email and says, hey, if you pre-order the Pixel 4, we'll give you a $100 gift card. I said, all right, I'm in. <laughs> so I got one of those on the way. Yeah. And the other tough thing, too, is if you're on Android, I'm using uh, Podcast Addict. I subscribe to roughly 120 podcasts. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, I can't go put all of those in again. I, I just, who knows how much time I left? I have left on this earth, Jim. I, so that, that was kind of the final decision was, oh, yeah, funny. I'm just not going to move my podcast. No, no. Well, I think that you can export and the file, move it, and then pull yeah. it back. There's... Yeah, no, I get you. I, I used I to do you. that for a living. I'm I get, not doing I get it you. for no. life now. <laughs> no, and one of the in the chat room, Shadow Shadow Po, or maybe they're supposed to be people, um, says, uh, um, "How did you deal with the transition from IT? Just left one IT job for another, now only five minutes from home. Thankfully, any recommendations on getting out? Which is, I don't know if I've ever kind of covered wow. this on my show, but as you've What's transitioned that? out of it, how's that gone? My biggest recommendation is make a lot of money. <laughs> no, I mean, I yeah. most recently, this goes back to uh, 2017, I was at a medical technology company, a publicly traded company, VP of engineering, and I had teams in uh, Lexington, Mass, uh, San Francisco, right downtown, and Santa Cruz. And I was it's a great place. Uh, it's a great place. I worked at a company whose headquarters was in Santa Barbara one time. Oh. <laughs> but the thing is, if you're on the East Coast, really going out to California twice a month wears on you. And at some point, uh, a private equity company came in to buy the company I was at. I said, okay, this is not going to end well. But let me give it a quarter and see how it goes. Yeah. And I stayed a quarter, and the guy I went there to work for, well, he's gone already, right? So I went in to see my boss that didn't know me and said, uh, yeah, I'm going to be leaving the company. 
And he said, I'm really sorry to hear that. Where are you going? I said, just to my house. <laughs> and, you know, so I really, I intended to go back, right? But I think you were talking about commutes last week. Yeah. And yeah. So all the jobs are in Boston now. Really, anything you'd want to work on, Boston, right? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm only 23 miles away. That would be over three hours a day of commuting yeah. for me. Yeah. You know, and so I look at jobs and say, yeah, I'm not going to take that. That's in Boston. Or I'd look at something and say, yeah, I don't want to work on that. After six months, I realized, guess what? I'm out of that business now. So I thought, what do I like to do? And I actually went and worked in the cigar shop retail for a while. Hmm. And they just opened the podcast studio two years ago. I said, all right, that looks like fun. I'll go, yeah. I'll go do that. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought I've I've contemplated it. Like I've enjoyed the cigars so much. I'm thinking, okay, maybe in the next decade I'll learn enough that I can in kind of semi retirement. Right. Well kind of work in a store. You know, you what know, really my happened, store. what really happened is, you know, I sort of felt guilty because now I'm not working. Mm -hmm. I painted every room in our house so my <laughs> wife wouldn't yell at me. And then she said to me one day, Can I ask you a question? I said, Yeah. Are you ever going to get another job? I said, gee, I'm not really sure. She said, well, you at least have to cover the cost of your cigars. Yeah. I thought, here's a great mm. idea. I'll go work at the cigar shop. I'll get a discount. Yeah. Problem solved. Do you guys with the podcast, do you get reviewed? Do they send you review cigars to to try? And, and how does that work? Yeah, I mean... Maybe I need to get more into that space. <laughs> yeah, you do. No, well, I don't really want to review cigars. I, I just want to smoke them. <laughs> no, you don't. Because no. I, as an example, I mentioned I'm a, a blind taste tester for yeah. Cigar Journal magazine. So yeah. last month, a bag of 13 cigars shows up and, okay, get us the reviews in two weeks. Yeah. And, you know, you don't get the same enjoyment out of no. it. No. And guess what? Some of them are not good. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed uh, last night, even though it was kind of like, okay, I got to get this cigar smoked. Uh, it was an obligation at that point. I, I couldn't I couldn't look you in the eye and <laughs> come on the program. You're like, hey, I sent you these really nice cigars, and they're still in the humidor. And um, it was really fun to, uh, one, to know they had been sent by you, which is great. It's always fun to, to do that when somebody else gift them. Justin sent me some, and I will enjoy those, too, as It'll be nice, this thought of uh, they were a gift. I give so many of these away myself with to my kids or to my coworkers, yeah. right, when we do this. So to get them from somebody else is is um, pretty great. And then um, just to sit on the deck for two and a half hours in the dark, I've, I've built this deck, especially, it's funny, when I was building it, I didn't know I was going to do this, but I built this deck particularly to sit out in the evening and enjoy the night sky and why not with a cigar. And yeah. so that's worked out pretty well. And then technology-wise, I talked to Justin for because I was thanking him. I'd got the box and I'd got the rum from him, and I said um, I was just saying thanks. And we had this we had this conversation and snapped some pictures. And and I, I got a picture of, of me smoking the cigar with him. And he's like, "Oh, I hate you," because <laughs> he was at work. Um, so just even virtually fun to do it that way. See, that's part of the reason I work in that studio. I. How many places can you smoke at work anymore? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. But, Do they have 
uh, you know, that's air filtration thing. systems for in, oh, yeah. in there as well. Oh, yeah. Very and that's good. another that's another bit of tech. Maybe we'll save it for another show. But that's another bit of tech, right? Is is an HVAC that that removes all the smoke, right? Yeah, actually, that's what I we downsized our house, and that's what I miss most about the last house we built. It I had my custom built cigar room, and it was over the three car garage, so six hundred twenty five square feet, and mm. I put in separate HVAC for that room, right? So. It was actually pulling fresh air in and recirculating air. So it worked out well. Now I can't smoke at home. Nah. So I had to get a job where I could smoke. Did the uh, the buyers, when they bought it, did they know what they were getting there, that, that it had been a, uh, a smoke room? They did. Okay. I did, didn't make a secret of it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, the reality is if you're smoking in the room all the time, yeah. you're going to have to repaint everything. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Well, but it's in, I was watching a YouTube video and we'll, we'll wrap it here in just a second, but I was watching a YouTube video and the guy painted it like a jet black, the the walls, like a jet black. And it looked, he had really dark furniture and he had, and it looked so, pretty good. Yeah. Leather good. furniture, no carpets, no drapes. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, walls were painted to start with kind of nicotine stain. <laughs> you know, it, it was sort of a to start a, that way a yeah. light warm brown color that yeah. uh, wouldn't suffer too much yeah yeah well ed thank you for one fun, reaching out to me and saying hey I'd, have you thought about talking about this and while it's not necessarily super tech heavy i think there's a lot of tech and I just, it's my show and I can do whatever I want just well, to be that, honest. That's how I appealed to you. I, I noticed you just talked about drinking one day. <laughs> <laughs> we did. And we don't do it all the time. No. Uh, next week, we've got the we've got the guys coming from uh, Next Cloud, and it will be very techie in that point. But I think actually the one you said was the barbecue. You were like, hey, you guys talk about grilling all the time. Yeah. Could we do a cigar one? And I think... Um, we should maybe think about doing this every other, you know, every every yeah. six months or so whenever it comes up. And we'll, we'll see enjoy if it. everyone hated it first, Jim. Oh, uh, there's always no. I think there's the, always haters. There's haters going to hate, but they. Yeah, but. I actually produce a barbecue show too, so that one's a lot of fun. Well, we may need to. We may need you to come. Uh, Mike Mike Howard, who is who is doing that show, got really sick, really? and he's doing he's doing better now. He he's he has really bad cancer. Ah, and so he's been that. going, yeah, he's been doing the whole, you know, not chemo, but he's been taking all the poison to kill it. And, um, and so I, I need to check in with him, but certainly he has not been feeling well. And so now that I know that, and I yeah. know you got a great microphone, pit, we may need life barbecue. I know that you love a guest that comes in with real equipment, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I produce yeah. so many and yeah. I had one, uh, it was on pit life barbecue. <laughs> He joined in his car. I said, oh, this isn't going to go well. Then he decided he was going to start driving during the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, Yikes, dude. You Check your schedule. You Check your yeah. schedule. If it's so tight that you got to drive during a podcast. Well, it depends on the know. guests you're getting, too. Yeah, right? A true. lot just don't true. know tech at all. True. No, that's very true. Very true. Tony said in the chat room, I don't even smoke, and I like the show. So well, we, we got one. We've got one thumbs up. Hopefully- as long as one person 
likes me, I'm good. Well, I like you, Ed. So All right, you're good. We got you're two good. now. You're good. Now, Weger, we don't even know. No, he's a little sketchy. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> that guy gets in and out of things faster than anybody well, I know. He's an attorney, right? He is. All that's, right. That's Enough said. Strike number one. <laughs> strike number one. Well, Ed, thanks again. Hang tight here. We'll do a little bit of post show, right. but. A couple reminders as folks, uh, as we think about wrapping this up, if you want to financially support the show, you can do it really one of two ways. Patreon's the easiest, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. Or you can send me cigars. That works to, That works out too. Actually, if you got a favorite, they, they, they're pretty light and they don't cost that much to ship. If you got one, you want to send it and, and I'll review it for you uh, like I did with Ed's and I'm going to do with Justin's coming up and some others that we've done. Uh, I think Joe sent me, Tajoski sent me one as well. You, you're welcome to send them. Just email me, Jim at the average guy.tv. I'll give you my address. It's a lot of fun. Uh, likewise, if you, if you want some recommendation, recommendations or you just want to chat about it, let me know. I love to, I love to talk about it. And now we know Ed as well. And so we can Absolutely. get some, get some good recommendations on that as well. Don't forget you can subscribe to the show or not really not download the show player. If you want to get it, I think Tony did that tonight. Uh, homegadgetgeeks.com. Free for Android and iPhone. You can do that. I think our Patreon subscribers there, they help me pay the $200 a year to keep those apps running. And actually, it's a steal at 200 bucks on Spreaker because they do all the hard work and it just works for me, just to be 100% honest. So you can get that homegadgetgeeks.com. We are live. Oh, one more thing. Don't forget, Maple Grove Partners. If you need any kind of hosting, fast, reliable, from people that you know and you trust, Christian, of course, is behind that. And I know, I know, I know I need to get him on a Cyber Frontiers. It's coming. MapleGrovePartners.com plans start as little as $10 a month. And a couple of you have jumped on there and I just get great reviews. And I really appreciate Christian and his sponsorship of the show as well. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at the archguy.tv live. Still have HelloFresh. Got a whole new HelloFresh coupon list for you. So if you want to try a week for free, I don't make any money off it. I don't want to make any money off it. I just want you to have great, delicious food. Let me know, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv, and I will ship you a code. We'll be back. Uh, stay, if you're listening live, stay for the post show. Uh, with that, I'll say goodnight, everyone.